Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Can you hear me all clearly? Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. I'm really excited about today's guest, Dr. Agam Dewan. He is a board-certified psychiatrist, and he helps young men and gamers take back their mental health. Today is going to be talking about all about his journey, leveling up in life, mental health crisis, gamers as well, and you'll see how all of this fits in. Every time I have a chance to interview a physician, on this show, I always take that chance and for the audience and listeners, and I'm really excited about the the episode. So, Agam, welcome. Perfect. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, um, kind of talk about your story and, you know, your influences, and we'll dive right into the conversation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. I'll kind of talk about, you know, your journey and um, how you got to be doing what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So I currently work with gamers and young men to help them level up right in real life and to improve their mental health. And the way that I first got started with this was I remember when I was in high school, I had this daily routine every day. So it was coming home, grabbing a plate of Oreo cookies, not just one or two, an entire plate taking this plate downstairs to my basement, shutting off all the lights, making sure the blinds were closed. Mm. My parents were out of the home and just gaming. Literally from, let's say, 3 p.m. till 8, 9, 10, 11. Maybe taking a break for dinner, but that's about it. And so I remember doing this and my mental health started deteriorating a little bit, started feeling a little bit more down. I wasn't getting the sleep that I wanted. It was really hard for me to concentrate. And I remember this moment very vividly where there was this girl in high school who I wanted to ask out to prom, but I was too anxious, too shy to do it. Yeah. And then some other guy asked her out. And so I remember going to prom by myself wearing an oversized suit with a tie. I just learned how to tie two hours prior, sitting there and watching this girl that I liked dance with this other guy because he was too, he was brave enough to ask her and I wasn't. And so I just remember like all, everything crystallizing in that moment, all those feelings, those negative thoughts I had about myself, you know, all the, the lonely nights that I was having, everything in that moment, I remember feeling all of it. And so when I went to college, I decided, okay, I can't keep doing this, that 
uh, things have got to change or else I'm going to be stuck living this way for the rest of my life. And so slowly getting it started getting into uh, fitness and social skills and stepping a little bit back from gaming, learning about dating, learning about relationships, all that stuff, that journey that like every young guy goes through. And then so when I went to med school, I was trying to decide which specialty I wanted to do. And really, like, I thought, I think the choice was pretty clear because this was the only specialty that psychiatry, where I felt like I could make a difference because I felt like I had uh, lived that life. Hmm. And so now kind of going through that journey, you know, I decided that I want to focus my um, career and my life to helping out other young guys, because I feel like that's a population that really doesn't know how to seek out help, when to seek help, and what to even do when they find it. And so I felt like I could really be that bridge, that gap for a lot of these young guys. Yeah, and it's quite interesting because you have a really interesting story and a lot of them. Um you know, topics to unravel. So one thing talking about, you know, gamers and you kind of allude to um, feeling like a loser, is it just gamers or is it just kind of um, shy, awkward individuals, nerds? um, What is the common thread? Yeah. So I think that the common thread is a young man feeling lost in today's world. So as a young guy, right, what you're expected to do is we're expected to perform. We can't sit in our mom's basements and game all the time because then we don't get any rewards in life if we do that. We don't get financially successful. We don't get romantically successful. We don't get any kind of career success, any respect, things that are really important to young guys. And of course, if all those things are lacking, then mental health is obviously going to uh, follow for a, a lot of us. And so I identified with gamers because that's where I came from and that's how I identified. But really any young guy who's struggling with their uh, mental health really uh, speaks to me and I feel like can really have a good impact with that population. Yeah. And it's quite interesting because I had a um, another podcast guest and he was talking about this problem of masculinity and there's no good role models and kind of the stuff that is on the media and TV is really, um, he calls it toxic. And then so, you know, delving into this idea of um, relationships, you you alluded to that and you talk about how, why has finding love gotten harder for young men? And you talked about, you know, going down this rabbit hole, kind of elucidate that, that area. Yeah, absolutely. So I agree that dating has definitely gotten harder, right? So as we think about how generations have uh, shifted before, let's say in the 1950s, there was, if there's 10 guys and 10 women, maybe eight or so of those guys would pair off with eight or so of those women, right? But now what's happening is that we have social media and we have online dating. So with that, you're the average woman, right? Instead of having access to those 10 guys, now she has access to hundreds, thousands, 10,000s of guys all around the world, around the campus, around the city, people that they would never have crossed paths otherwise. So now, right, as, as in dating, a young woman has all the leverage because she has all the options. The guys are pursuing her. So I've 
I don't know if you've had a chance to ever like look at a, a woman's DMs or Tinder messages and things, but they get flooded hundreds of messages. And that that's no exaggeration, hundreds, thousands. Right. And so for the and so of course, like as any person would, they want to pick the best that they can get. So for the average young guy, they're left in young in the dust because they're not getting chosen. I remember feeling this when I was young. And this was before social media that I wasn't getting chosen. It was the football guys who were getting chosen, or it was like the super fraternity stars who were getting chosen. It was the taller guys who were getting chosen. It was the more Caucasian guys. It wasn't me. And it sounds like you can relate to this a little bit too. Yeah. And so I think that's only gotten harder. And that's why I really try to push this message that in this world, right, we are evolutionary creatures. It's survival of the fittest. If we aren't deemed fit enough to reproduce, then our genes will not get passed on. So that's why we have no choice as guys but to level up, to improve everything in our lives, our fitness, our social skills, our mental health, our career, our finances, our charisma, all of that. Because then otherwise, we're not going to be able to do what life wants us to do, which is reproduce, have a family, and then pass on our, or pass on our genes. So this idea would which you described was the uh, the athletes or the uh, white male, the the tall male, the the attractive ones, and then what you're alluding or kind of hinting is like the um, the minorities or the uh, the people that don't fit into this are are at a disadvantage if uh, if that's a fair statement. So there was a OK Cupid study one time, and it showed that. Comparing a Caucasian male to an Asian male, the same um, attractiveness, the Asian male had to make over $250,000 more than the Caucasian male to receive the same amount of attention in that online dating profile, right? So already we know that the media is skewed very Caucasian. We know that there's Eurocentric Caucasian standards, right? We know that Hollywood is very uh, Caucasian leaning. And so that influences the uh, the beauty standards that people have in society, right? And so we can already start seeing a shift of that where now we look at K-pop. K-pop is becoming very popular. And so a lot of people are being drawn to that K-pop kind of look. Mm -hmm. But back 10, 20, 30 plus years ago, like we never had that. And so that's why I've had a lot of inquiries from a lot of Indian men in particular and some Asian men who really felt like they've struggled in the Western dating uh, life. And so that's why I always advocate, well, it's like you're trying to fight gravity. You can't really fight gravity. You can complain about it all you want, but if you, but the fact that you can't dunk a basketball is not gravity's fault. Like it is what it is. So all you can do is increase your skill set to be able to dunk that basketball. So it's the same thing coming with dating, with mental health, is that, you know, we have no choice but to improve ourselves. And so, you know, take the necessary steps to do that. Uh, the other question is, um, what's interesting is that um, my question is, why is the Western ideal? Why is that considered the standard? Is that just because America, America is the greatest country, as people say, or is that what, 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 like, is it, or is it dictated, like, you know, fashion, they say, you know, they get the fall fashion and the spring fashion, uh, elucidate on that. Yeah. So coming from India, right? 
there is a big movement in India towards uh, Eurocentrism, like the white culture. Like mm. people want their um, their skin to be lighter. That's considered more attractive than darker skin is. Mm-hmm. A lot of the Western trends are infiltrating uh, over there too, like the fast food, like McDonald's and Burger King, Subways, from the music, hip hop, rap, right? And so we already kind of see that all this cultural media influence is going over to uh, the rest of the world. Mm. And so similarly, right, like it has been regarded as the dominant standard. I mean, I think it goes all the way back to the British colonizing all these different areas and asserting and taking over their influence. Mm-hmm. And it's I'm not it's not a blame or anything, you know, it is what it is, but mm-hmm. that's the that's the reality of the situation. Right. And there's no reason what I tell uh people in class is that there's no reason to complain about it. All we can do is understand the world that we live in and adjust our actions accordingly to get the best results in life. So it sounds like it's a game of poker. It's basically you take the cards you're dealt with and kind of basically you um play your cards so that you can get the best outcome. Yeah, you can't change the the hand that you're dealt. Yeah. All you can do is change change how you play it. Yeah. And then so what one thing you talk about is uh leveling up and um changing. So and again, also in Asian culture, I see a lot of um I mean you probably see it as well. You and you probably treat a lot of guys one thing is like basically in order to heal this wound of uh, rejection and not fitting in or um you know not being bad and socially is to um to make more money or to 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 chase status you know like go to med school or you know be, be, go to wall street and all this stuff what what, what is yeah. that how, how do you address that so i think that's an evolutionary adaptation right as guys we inherently understand that the higher status we have the more likely our chances are to reproduce, right? Like this is an evolutionarily designed mechanism, right? If you think back to hunter-gatherer days, like when we were evolving as a species, who is more useful to the tribe? Is it the hunter who's going out, getting the food, collaborating with people? Is it the village chieftain? Or is it the male, the young-bodied male in the hunter-gatherer society who sits around at home and decides that he wants to smoke whatever grass they have at that time rather than go help the tribe who is the a reproductive female more likely to mate with in that case right it's the it's the the successful hunter the one who has uh, more status because that person has better genetics most likely right the they're ambitious they're more physically fit and those genetics will get passed down to their children and then kind of pass down to those children. Those children now have a higher chance of surviving with the hunter's genes rather than the bum's genes. So that evolutionary pressure, that selection pressure has still carried on to this modern day. It just presents itself in a different way. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah, it's quite interesting. And uh, yeah, because, uh, you know, how you address these problems, you know, either... You're running towards something because you because you love it, or you're trying to use it as a mask to cover up, you know, your deep seated insecurities or your your fears. Um, so that's quite interesting. For sure. Kind of, uh, kind of. Um, yeah, just just to kind of comment on that. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So this is actually a big problem in the bodybuilding world, where a lot of guys, right? They get there's obviously getting fit to get fit, right? Like that's one level, but then. There's guys who really, really take it to the next next high level and they become huge bodybuilders. That becomes their life and that becomes everything that becomes their identity, right? But then a lot of those guys actually struggle with body dysmorphia. They have mental health uh, problems. They may not actually be even uh, that romantically successful after they achieve this bodybuilding because obviously one, that's their whole identity right? Like that's all that they care about. But two, they never really addressed a lot of the underlying mental health concerns that they had. And now that you have big muscles, sure, you might be covering it up, but it's, they're still uh, hanging out underneath, right? So while I think it is important as guys that you chase success, you chase uh, money and those things, it shouldn't come at the expense of everything else in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Really fascinating topic. Um, it's it's uh it's actually um provoked a lot of thoughts and you know things to to definitely think about and so what what's interesting is that you basically you're kind of a coach slash psychiatrist you know um and how do you help you know men in this area like change or level up what is it is it um through just coaching is it through uh you know through uh medications uh, how do you help people level up what's the first what's the next step yeah, that's that's a good question, right? And so what I often tell clients is that imagine that you're stuck at a bottom of a well. Medication is kind of like a ladder, but you still have to climb it. So similarly, if I'm assessing a client, right, comes to me with young 22-year-old male comes to me, says he's lonely, he's miserable, doesn't feel like he has any friends, hasn't dated anyone, has never kissed anybody, is still a virgin, you know, has probably thought, maybe thought about self-harm is drifting away in college, failing classes, right? Yeah. I mean, the first the first thing is to assess that there's any underlying uh, psychiatric problems, major depressive disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, bipolar disorder, and maybe some childhood trauma, right? And trying to address those, because that's the underlying, that's the foundation. And yeah. so we might start a medication to help with that. Mm -hmm. But that's just the, the, the first step. Then the next step is, okay, now addressing where do we want to go from here? Coming up with a plan. Any kind of coaching we do, there has to be some sort of direction. So helping the client decide, okay, where do you, where is it that you want to take your life? And so once we define a plan, we have a destination, we have a starting point. And so now we can start to divide the, devise the roadmap in order to get there.
And so whether that's doing therapy or mental health coaching to help them with distorted thought patterns, whether that's helping them get in the, the gym or get to get physically active, you know, whether that's working actively on social skills development, because that is a skill. It's not just like either you have it or you don't. Then we decide the roadmap in order to get the client to their goals. Yeah. Yeah. Really uh, going back to kind of this um, race, racial culture divide, you see more men, Asian men come to you for these problems or is it, is it not preju prejudicial against race? It, is it across all races? So that's a, that's a very good question. So I actually tend to see more Caucasian men than anything. Mm. Well, I wonder why that's, that's interesting. So I believe the reason why is because in our cultures, there's a lot more stigma against any kind of mental health treatment, right? Mm. I remember one time a, uh, a mom called me and she said that my, an Indian mom called me like a family friend uh, kind of connection. And so she told me that my son, I think he might fail out of high school. He isn't doing very well. Um, he's kind of getting more lonely. He's, uh, he's lashing out a lot. He's getting agitated, things like that. Right. Uh -huh. And so, you know, we talked to some things we couldn't do. We maybe have discussed, uh, okay, like what next steps would be. And then the next thing she goes is, but I, I don't want him getting any mental health treatment. My son, my beta is not, uh, mentally sick. He doesn't need a, uh, mental health or a, like a, like a crazy doctor. So I think that's a huge, uh, thing that prevents a lot of families from, and I think teens and teens or young adults themselves from seeking out, uh, that level of care. Mm, interesting. How can people contact you, um, follow you, you know, check out your work. I know you got a really nice Instagram profile. I encourage everybody to, to check out, check it out and give you a follow and, um, reach out to you. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, uh, Chris. So yeah, the best way to get in contact is to go to my website, www.agamdhawanmd.com, A-G-A-M-D-H-A-W-A-N-M-D.com, and to schedule a free consult where we'll go through your concerns, exactly what you're going through, and then decide, okay, like, you know, what can we do to help and hopefully um, come up with a plan to work together. Yeah, and for... All the audience out there, let's thank Dr. Agam Dewan for coming on. He's got a he's got professional as well as personal um, experience and expertise, and um, really definitely give give his work a follow and reach out to him. And with that, thanks so much for coming on. Perfect. Thank you for having me.